0: Previously on the prompt. (laughs) I have no idea if he's trolling
1: us or (laughs) not. I can't tell. I'm seriously laughing. (laughs) I'm not trolling. Why are you why are you so unpolite to me?
0: Welcome to the prompt, a weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies.
2: Hello and welcome to the World's Greatest Podcast. It's The Prompt, episode 14. Uh, today is Wednesday, September 18th. I'm Stephen Hackett and I'm joined by my my co-host and friend, Federico Vettici.
1: Hey Stephen, how are you? I'm
2: doing well, how are you?
1: I'm kind of tired.
2: Yeah, it's been but, a busy day. But,
1: uh, but um, you know, I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited for today. Lots of new apps, updates and everything. Apple has gone completely crazy yeah. <laughs> with, with, with the App Store releases today, so I'm holding up.
2: Yeah, well, uh, so we should uh, address that our uh, we are missing an accent this week on the prompt. Uh, Mike Hurley, yeah. uh, as we're recording, is on a plane to XOXO uh, in Portland. He'll be there with uh, Matt Alexander, Dan Benjamin, a bunch of other uh, 5x5 family members. and uh, but He'll be back next week, and um, we have a good show scheduled this week as uh, Federico uh, basically gave away So I guess it's going to be any surprise we're going to talk about iOS 7 I thought we could talk about iPod socks but someone said no
1: <laughs> do you, do you, was it really a, an idea that you had? no talking about socks? no because I got my F, uh, IFTTT socks they're kind of neat oh yeah? yeah they're awesome throw a, picture got,
2: uh, throw a picture up somewhere we'll put them in the notes okay so, we do have a little bit of follow-up. We do? We do. Follow-up. Uh, I,
1: I, I think that it's something about me, isn't it?
2: Well, it's not. It's One is about you and one is about me.
1: It must be something about my wrong setup. In, in any occasion, I have something that I'm doing wrong. So, please go ahead.
2: So, the, the first piece of feedback is from uh, uh, from a prompt listener, Christine Chan, who says on Twitter, I, listen, I was listening to the prompt and went with Steven's boxes and show picture option and messages on OS 10, and I actually like it this way. <laughs> so, Christine, I'm very glad that I could change and maybe even save your life.
1: I'm, I'm, very, uh, I'm very glad that two people in the world are now using a different messages layout. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, Federico, I'm here to help people, and if you can't appreciate that,
1: I told you you should write a book, so I really appreciate that. Yeah,
2: I'll get right on that. I think
1: you should pursue your career as, a, as an advisor of OS 10 setups. I'm serious.
2: <laughs> he has a limited range in that career. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next piece of piece follow-up also uh, from a listener. Um, and I should have practiced this name, but it's Martin with a J in it. It's inexplicably. Inexplici- oh, God. W- words you're bad
1: with this stuff I am <laughs> you're actually worse than me maybe not worse than me but close
2: um, I can't wait for the next episode of the prompt where Steven will explain to Federico that he orders his RSS wrong
1: and here he goes
2: parenthetical new on top crazy I really don't have he's right um, but there you go that's all the follow up that's it no pain, pain. okay so the are episode you, is done are you in and pain I, I am in pain yeah are you
1: No, why should I? I'm good. I'm just
2: making sure. I mean, I'll admit the last couple of weeks we've been a little hard on you, but it's for your own good. Well, uh,
1: yeah. um, You know, um, I don't know how many words I I wrote on my iPad in the the past month between the the original editorial review and then the book version and then all this iOS 7 stuff and the apps and and the iOS 7 review. It's all really been a, a roller coaster of editing and writing and you know just a lot of stuff i'm 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 super tired but in a good way you know and I'm, I'm really happy about how the coverage of 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 today's news turned out on the site and and now and now the fun part starts i guess because people have access to iOS 7 and there are so many apps that i haven't covered yet and what do you think, Stephen? Did you did you see all the updates today? Have you installed any new apps?
2: Yeah, so I've been you know, it's been really busy. So uh, around around lunchtime for me in the states, uh, iOS seven dropped. But kind of leading up to that, and definitely after that, Apple was releasing um, apps that have you know require iOS seven. Some of them require iOS seven only, which is interesting. Uh, most notably to me, the New York Times app is now iOS seven only, which is sort of crazy. Um, Big, big day. I feel like almost every app on my phone, at least that I use a lot, has been updated. Like several icons on my first home screen are different than they were this morning. Um, And it's, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, I feel like, you know, the iOS 7 release itself seems to be going pretty smoothly. I think some people having issues downloading it here and there, but I think all in all things would be... They're going pretty smoothly. I mean, is that have you have you encountered any any weirdness in the app store or anything? Apple trying to keep I, up.
1: I did see some weirdness this afternoon for me when um, all the apps start coming. You know, they started coming out. I saw some issues with the with the with the app store, and I think that part of it was related to the fact that, that I had to accept the new terms and conditions in iTunes. But I'm seeing many people saying that they can, they can download iOS 7, they can you know install up updates. And I think that certainly Apple has been doing work to, to, to make these kind of launches better, because in the past it was really, really much more messy, yeah. I think. And, and to circle back to what you said about the times, uh, I think that's a big endorsement. You know, the New York Times requiring iOS 7. I Frankly, I didn't see that coming. But from what I've heard from other developers, I think that we're going to see many more big-name companies uh, making the, the iOS 7 jump. And in a way, I see why the Times wanted this because iOS 7, oh now we can talk about it Steven. I know. There's no NDA anymore. So this is nice. I can see why the Times is is uh, you know is doing this because you have all the background updates, the background downloads and you got the the new te- text APIs for developers. So the Times is implementing the dynamic type feature in, in the app. So you, you can you can set the default font size in your settings and they'll carry over to the to the Times app. Which is cool because I, I, I think that's a, that's a great feature. Yeah, and, Cle- uh,
2: uh, Clear is doing that as well. They they have a new update. Oh yeah? uh, that's universal, nice. and uh, they also are also respecting that system preference. Uh, nice. system preference, Mac guy, the settings app, <laughs> um, you know the the universal font settings. And it, it is interesting, you know, um, over the course of the betas, and it's pretty public knowledge. The first beta of iOS seven, the first couple of betas, the f- the fonts were even thinner and even lighter, and I th- I still think iOS seven does suffer for some for <clears throat> from some legibility issues, but they've put things in there. You can r- reduce motion. You can turn off the parallax. You can increase font weight or size system wide. And so I think I think Apple's doing what it can to kind of offset that for users who need that. I mean, you I mean I mean you know yeah. better than anyone, you know via your coverage over the years, Apple does, and iOS especially, has a lot of really good things for disabled users, and I'm glad they're sort of backtracking on some stuff almost to make sure that they can keep that up.
1: Yeah, I'm really impressed by, like I said before, by these big companies like the New York Times and Evernote and even Google to an extent, because they released a Chrome update today. And so all these large companies jumping on the iOS 7, iOS 7 uh, release, uh, I guess, trend, I would call it, and with, with, with crazy new features. Did you see the new Evernote app?
2: It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I had no idea they were working on such a big update because uh, Apple had a slide uh, at the last week's conference uh, with some... Uh, upcoming iOS 7 apps, and there was a, uh, a, an Evernote screenshot, but it looked kind of familiar. Yeah. What they didn't show was the brand new interface for, I guess, the main screen of the app. Mm-hmm. So they really they, they have really embraced the new iOS 7 aesthetic. And um, now I'm curious to see uh, how Apple will scale, I guess, on the App Store, uh, all these releases in the next weeks. Because today... Uh, Apple has you know, launched a new design for iOS 7 section on the App Store. And when I posted about the section of Mac Stories, there were almost 50 apps. So we can only assume that these, these apps are going to become thousands in a matter of a few weeks. So what are they going to do a month from now? Does this section simply keep growing? Or do they start making search better? perhaps separating old apps from new apps in search. So it's really curious to see how they're going to, you know, tackle this problem. Uh, maybe not problem, but new scenario
2: yeah, for it, the App Store. Yeah. And, you know, and we've seen it in the past, right? Uh, thinking back, especially like iOS 4, when they added the some of the you know, those multitasking um, Options, You know, you could do background audio and there were a couple of other things. If you were uploading or downloading, you had 10 minutes to finish before the system would terminate you. Um, and they did that. I think that's really been the biggest example of a big jump forward where Apple really was like, Hey, these are apps that are like taking advantage of this stuff and they're cool. And you know, a- Apple's in the position where, uh, since the app store is the only way to get apps. And I think, I think that's great. Um, they're in the position to, to highlight whatever they want. And of course, they're going to highlight things that take advantage of their newest technology because it's it's a reinforcement to developers of, hey, you need to get on board with what's new. And it shows users that, you know, the stuff that Apple talks about on stage and then on apple.com and in keynotes, like they're actually real. And especially in iOS 7, make a big difference. Already, I was in an app, I think the Dropbox app today doing something and like they haven't updated and their UI is broken and it's like this feels really janky. And yeah. I wrote a little thing today. I mean, I only wrote like six hundred words, you've written about ten thousand, but um it's only been a hundred days since the WWDC keynote. Um that's when developers saw iOS seven for the first time, we were able to get their hands on it. And it's really, really amazing what these you know these these guys and girls who do this for a living, the people who make their living on Apple's platform have done. And not only small guys, right? So you have uh like Contrast, which the perfect weather, um Iowa Seven beautiful app works really well. US only, which I know made Mike super sad, but you know they're they're what about me? And Federico, you were also sad. Thank you. Uh everyone was sad but me. Um the you know, they're a one, two, three guy shop. But then you look at something like Evernote. It's a giant—I mean, not giant, but a large company. I mean, they have thousands of employees, and they—they they were there on day one with something radically different and new. I just think that's really cool. That kind of developers of all size have really embraced this very quickly.
1: Yeah, and uh, and that's what uh what I was referring to. Uh, what's going to happen three months from now? Where when you're going to have a lot of new apps for iOS seven? And then, I mean, the App Store is approaching 1 million apps. Think about that for a second. That's crazy. And, and so we're going to have thousands of hundreds of, of, of hundreds of thousands, I guess it's the right. Order. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, a lot of new apps. And, and what's going to happen to those many apps that won't get updated in the next few months? So uh, I want to see how Apple will you know, address this issue of abandonware, I guess and uh, my hope is that the this you know this section with uh, because it's a major departure right from the past it's not like iOS 5 or iOS 6 that maybe an app wasn't updated but you couldn't tell the difference right because right. it was the the UI and and the features kept working but this is really different today so you you're, you're going to have a clear separation on the app store between old apps legacy apps Maybe and new apps for for the for this new for this new OS so um, I want to keep an eye on this on this section on, on that I mean Apple is clear, clearly promoting it on, on on the front page of the app store, so they they have tweeted with with a Twitter account, so a really big promotion for these apps and uh, and the list is growing uh, as you said, there are both big companies and small shops of independent developers and um, I think it'll be interesting to, to check up on, on, on the status of the App Store, maybe in January. And uh, and let's not forget that next month we're going to have, presumably, uh, another keynote for the iPads. Right. And maybe uh, a 7.1 version of iOS. Do you think that's going to happen?
2: You know, I don't know. There's already an update. 7.01 is out for the new phones. Um... I mean I think it's I think it's definitely possible. You know, we we've talked in the past, as recently as last week, about how iOS seven on the iPad yeah really isn't as good as it is on the phone. Like it's actually buggier and uh and the GM is the final build, so those things that we were seeing last week people are seeing now in mass. So I can't help but think that there's an update coming. You know, if it's ready before October October they'll ship it before October. But if a new iPad your new iPad mini or whatever comes out and there's some sort of change um that I think we'll see an update what is interesting about that is that the iPad mini is the only non-rented device supported by iOS 7
1: no there's already there's also the the iPad 2
2: the iPad 2 so you know you got which is basically an iPad mini right yeah um (laughs) yeah (laughs) basically um so you have like these two devices that could go away could be replaced next month and it's just weird, like especially with the retina stuff. It seems like maybe Apple wanted to be all retina before it could, but like they still sell the two, which is a whole fascinating topic on its own. Um, so I don't know. I, I think we're definitely going to see a revisit of seven in, in the fall, and and hopefully uh, a checkup of hey, you know, this is how many downloads we have. This is the you know percentage of the user base that has it installed. Um, my gut does say that iOS seven adoption will be slower than. Than six was. Um, you think so? I think, I think so. I think the average person, you know, maybe they hear that it's different, and I really think that we, as kind of the nerd culture, underestimate people's like mm. d- dislike of change. But, but some
1: people are, are also curious of change.
2: Yeah, oh, for I sure. don't
1: know. It's, that's a, that's a good point. So we'll, we'll see I, how I, that goes. I think, I think that it's really. Kind of a happy coincidence that you know we've been criticizing the the iOS 7 update on the iPad because many parts weren't ready and there were many bugs and and crashes for me and um, at least for me. But I've also seen many other people today uh, talking about them and um, and uh, and I think that there are some parts of the of the UI there are really just. You know, blown up iPhone versions. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it would be nice to see Apple you know, with a keynote in a month, saying, "We needed some more time to, to make iOS 7 on the iPad really great, and here it is, and it's coming out next, next week." So I don't think that w- they will change the, the, the fundamentals of, of iOS 7 on the iPad, but I'm hoping that they will show some adjustments. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I certainly hope that they're gonna at least update iBooks <laughs> because that would is really, yeah. really. Well,
2: well, you know, iBooks had an update today, and I was like, "Oh, new interface," and, I, and, it's, and like, no. it's like, it's like iOS seven bug fixes. What, what's what's even sadder? I tweeted earlier the keynote remote app. So if you're running keynote from a Mac, you can control it from your phone. That thing hasn't even been updated for the iPhone five. It's still like a short you know original iPhone height app and it's just like whoever apparently like one guy made that app and he's no longer at Apple and no one knows it. like no one remembers that it's there
1: Forstall took that guy away from yeah
2: maybe it it's like <laughs> Forstall on a weekend like hacking in his basement he's like I, I've done it
1: um, but I'm were... really sad that Apple isn't making the, the poker game anymore
2: oh I know oh man do you remember that? oh I do I gotta find a link for that I bet a lot of people don't remember
1: it oh yeah Apple used to do games Talk about Nintendo and
2: stuff. Uh, mm, Apple, poker, iOS game. This is the part of the show where I'm literally Googling.
1: This is the part of the show when we miss Mike and his crazy Google skills.
2: I know. Um, So we'll find that. Um, But, um, you know, it's it's pretty wild. A lot of the, uh, several of the Apple apps haven't been... Updated the Find My Friends and Find My iPhone. At least as of a couple hours ago, were still the old style as well.
1: Yeah. So realistically, I'm I'm thinking that next month's event is gonna be a new iPads, maybe a new iOS versions. But I I think uh, new versions of iWork and iPhoto. That kind of stuff, maybe new garage band, although I don't think that that's gonna change too much because I mean i uh, are you sure you're gonna you're gonna want to go from a from a nice realistic representation of music instruments to buttons that say guitar
2: right well yeah, it, no. <laughs> well I mean logic uh, when logic pro ten came out, people were talking about that of you know oh people say from is dead, but logic Pro ten has like knobs and leather it's like well they're
1: yeah, how you're it serves gonna a render. purpose in
2: that app. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, well, let's come back Let's come back to design. But uh, first, I want to take a quick break and thank our first sponsor, Hostgator. A new sponsor, uh, super excited to have him. Hostgator.com is a premier web hosting provider. If you're looking to start a website, Hostgator can help get you started with monthly hosting plans, one click installs, and tons of other features that make getting your site up and running easy. If you're more of an advanced user, or uh, you've you've got a business, HostGator can take care of you with their reseller plans, VPS, and dedicated servers. HostGator guarantees 99.9% uptime, no matter what your size or needs. When you host with them, you get unlimited disk space and bandwidth as well. Uh, If you're a WordPress user like Federico or I, uh, you're going to love their one-click installs and optimized hosting platform. Uh, They also have free site builder tools that are super easy to use, but if you find yourself needing any help, they have 24-7 support to ensure everything is running smoothly. So head on over to HostSkater.com to learn more, and when you decide to purchase, don't forget to use the coupon code propt 9 and you'll get 30% off anything at HostSkater.com. Yeah, the, the... the design is is obviously what people are talking about. You know, iOS seven has a lot of you know the backgrounding, fetching APIs. Like, there's a ton of stuff behind the scenes, but the design is what people are looking at, and it it's been interesting. I think you know, Federica, you and I spoke about um, uh, a while ago about maybe we were afraid that. That developers were going to kind of strip their apps of personality and just go with the default UI kit so everything looked like mail or messages and mm-hmm. from what I've seen today that's really, that's the case for some developers but a lot of people are still doing custom stuff, like what have you seen that kind of stands stands out?
1: Well obviously Evernote yeah. really comes to mind because uh, I recommend our readers to go check out the new app because it's totally crazy, it fits with, with, the, with the iOS 7 I guess guidelines but it's really custom design with a lot of you know fancy menus and, and and animations and translucencies and it's really really good. But I've also seen something like Pocket Cats, the new the new podcast application by the guys at uh, Shifty Jelly. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and uh, it's it's clearly an iOS seven app, and it's not really really custom in terms of design and and, and, and animations etc but i think it's also the, the the right amount of custom it's really a few touches here and there so maybe uh, a different animation than 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 apple's apps so maybe a custom uh, color and i think that's a good example and uh, of course there are some apps that are uh, that are trying to to approach the the new ios 7 update uh, from a uh, pretty default perspective so they are simply using apple's built-in uh, ui kit stuff and not really not not many modifications to it but then again you see something like the new omnifocus 2 by, by the omni group guys which is really quite a departure from, from the past uh, have you seen their new the new omnifocus uh,
2: yeah it really um it's really different. <laughs> it really surprised me, you know. Yeah. And OnlyFocus has been in the news a lot. And um I you know, I knew there was a um a new version coming. I'm not I'm not on their beta list or anything, but the um the iPhone app is really, really different. And it's not that they just went to iOS seven, but it's like what you're saying, they brought their own custom elements to kind of enhance what iOS seven does. Yeah. Um and they added I background think, sync, which
1: is awesome. Yeah. I think that, of course, during the next 12 months, we're going to see a lot of readjustments and, and a lot of tweaking uh, so developers are going to grow more comfortable with, with this with this update and and maybe they didn't even have time to 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 implement many of their their ideas for new uh, new designs on on iOS 7 but i think that yeah, it's really uh, a trade off that they had to to accept because you're either going to be on the on the platform today and you're going to get the promotion by apple you're going to you're going to be on the custom sec- section you're going to be in front of millions of new customers looking for apps that look good on their new devices and uh, or you're going to have to wait and maybe do your fancy custom design but you're not going to get the amount of exposure from millions of users you're going you're going to get maybe the, the the exposure of thousands of nerds and geeks so i think it's really uh, hard to balance the, 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 the willingness to, to be on the App Store today with a with UI that, that, that fits with, with everything else and having to wait. So uh, yeah, and, and developers like Tweetbot uh, uh, apps like Tweetbot by Tapbots and, and Fantastical, which uh, Flexbi's uh, announced today is gonna come out with a with a version two uh, for the iPhone. Uh, they're gonna they they have decided to wait, and, and I think that from a certain perspective, uh, it makes sense to you know kind of want to to get all the possible attention in 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 weeks when the, there aren't. Hundreds of app releases, but I think that it, that it was also important to be to be on the App Store today because people are looking for apps that look good on iOS 7 today, and apps that haven't been updated for the new interface aren't gonna get uh, as many hits uh, as they as they could have.
2: Yeah, I think it's you know I think you see a lot of developers either kind of relaunching their apps as a new design with new features, or even there's a lot of new entries to the store today as well. Uh, one of actually my favorite apps that was going to be in the sort of day missed the uh, the deadline, so they should be in shortly. And when they are, we'll talk about them. Um, but if you've got an app that has you know uh, a lo- a large amount of the customer base in your vertical in the App Store, and you don't update, you're not there for seven, and some newcomer is, or maybe someone who is in second or third place comes in and does a better job or a quicker job at going to seven. Um, the the tables could turn, you know. People are looking for apps. You know, I've I've a couple apps I've switched around even today because the, you know, in iOS seven, it's a different ball game than it was in six.
1: Stephen, I'm sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to you know, to interrupt you to say that Mike wants to let the world know that he has landed.
2: So Mike is so, in the United States,
1: and Mike is apparently alive, unless someone else is texting us right now.
2: Uh, I wonder if there's a code word he could tell us.
1: Oh, we didn't have a safe word. <laughs> <laughs> we, should, we should ask him something. Oh, <laughs> uh, like oh, hold on, let me ask Mike. What are the countries that make the UK?
2: So uh, what we're what we'll report back to see if uh, if Mike has been abducted.
1: So you were saying? I'm sorry. I have
2: no idea. Just that you know that the landscape could shift here and there could be apps uh, one that comes to mind instantly is InstaPaper. InstaPaper 5.0 dropped today. You have a you have a review of basically everything on your site right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all the show notes are just um, InstaPaper uh, InstaPaper just Mac stories links.
1: No, thanks for not sending them to Mac Stories. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I meant I meant Mac Stories. I was <laughs> copying and pasting InstaPapers, I said it. So InstaPaper five is out, beta works new uh design matches with IOS seven. I don't have any real complaints about the design, they added some nice features. But they didn't add like the background auto fetching business that IOS seven can do. But yeah. Pocket did. And you know, I lo- I love InstaPaper. I really am not a huge Pocket fan, but I'm looking at that and saying and it'd be really nice if my read it later service could be updated in the background. And it's like, if I'm thinking that as like someone who's like been its paper user since day one, then a lot of other people who aren't as loyal to it, I'm sure are thinking that and maybe even switching. And, you know, that, that could be an opportunity for Pocket to gain market share just because they hit a, a feature before their competitors on launch day.
1: Mm. So, yeah, and I, I agree with you. It, it's definitely a matter of, of balancing the need to, to be on the App Store today and, and balancing the need to, to, to show that you haven't simply reskinned your application. Because uh, And I think that Matthew Panzerino made this point on Twitter today. If you look at the custom section that, that Apple is featuring right now, uh, Apple, Apple says it, it's uh, designed for iOS 7 apps but really uh, a bunch of those apps are really uh, smaller i guess minor uh, riskings of existing apps maybe with a new icon maybe uh, a few touches to to the to the default ui kit stuff so it's really hard to balance uh, something like Instapaper and Pocket. Uh, Pocket is keeping the, 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 the interface, that, the design that they had with the previous version, but they are adding the new uh, background load stuff, which, which is really, really good, and, and, and I love it. But on the other hand, Instapaper has decided to, to be on the App Store to, to, to be compatible with the new OS, but, but not to, to, to support the, the more advanced features. So they don't have dynamic type, they don't have the, the background uh, sync. So it's really hard for developers to, to and especially when, when you have a deadline like, you know, the, the GM was released last week, and, and developers maybe didn't have much time to, to test their code on the, on the GM. Uh, and, and I'm hearing that there are still so many bugs with the with the with the SDK and, and, and many parts of, of of the GM code, so it's really hard. And um, but um, I think that in spite of a few of a few examples of uh, apps that made the jump to iOS 7 without uh, bringing many new features, I think that overall it's been. Uh, a crazy launch, and, and I don't remember. To, to, to my knowledge, at least, I, I've been uh, I've been writing and, and working with this stuff for the past four years. I don't remember this kind of, of rollout of new apps and, and a new OS.
2: It's definitely um, it's definitely huge, and you know, it, it's something that we don't we don't really see uh, see it on the Mac. You know, maybe some point in the future we'll see a big you know, must have update on the Mac, but OS 10 for the most part, those releases are smaller. They're yearly. Now it's not a, if you're running lion or mountain lion or Mavericks, if you're you maybe can't even tell the difference sometimes. And that's been the case with iOS, except, you know, I think four and now seven stand out. In my mind is the big changes. Well, I guess two, four and seven cause two added apps. And I just, I can't help but think about the future looking forward. Like, what does 8 look like? What does 9 look like? And I do worry a little bit. I want, I want to hear your take on this as well. A lot of iOS 7 is very stylish, right? Like the, the colors and the uh, translucent glass and the font weights, like that's very in style right now. It's really interesting, you know, I work, you know, my day job is at a web design and development firm, and, like, we have customers, I had a customer yesterday, it was like, you know, should we be looking at white space and then fonts and stuff on it? It's really interesting. Apple drives mm-hmm. that sort of fashion and software um, with iOS. But what happens when the outside world, when that becomes unfashionable? Will it be just kind of how morphism was? Like, when I was six came around that's still leather and still, you know, iBooks wood and like, you kind of poke fun of it but it's still okay. Like, will iOS 7 age that gracefully, I wonder? Uh,
1: My short answer is yes. And the longer one is that uh, I think that many, many kinds of fashion are like cycles. So, something is fashionable now and maybe it will be fashionable again in Twenty years, or thirty years, or maybe more, and I'm not excluding right away the possibility that one day uh, realistic interfaces will will make a comeback. But I just don't. Uh, the way I see it, those kinds of interfaces were made possible by the fact that a certain point, at a certain point in the past decade, mobile devices became powerful enough to to run and and to animate those kinds of designs. So designers figured out that they could put uh, leather or uh, maybe metal on a screen and, and make it work as a, as an as a, as a interactive software. So mobile devices like the iPhone or maybe, uh, I don't know, about Androids or maybe, anyway, the iPad, they were fast enough and, and, and they had the battery life to, to run those fun interfaces. And And most of all, people were... Getting used to to, the, to these new devices, so they they needed uh, a way to 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 retain the familiarity. Right. That was the, that was
2: the whole deal with the. Well, really with the Lisa, a, was the whole deal with the Lisa of like the desktop, and you had folders, yeah, exactly. and you had trash can. Like that doesn't need to be there. But going from the command line to a GUI it was like, well, what? Yeah, this is already abstracted. And- so how you know how can we lessen that abstraction?
1: Exactly, but looking forward, and uh, so if, if you look at something like the the iPhone 5s and and the Touch ID and the M7 coprocessor you have all these kind of new technologies, right? So there seems to be a focus on, on on user identity, on motion, and on on making the devices that we have aware of our context uh, and and more. Capable of accessing our information in the background. And I think that making the interface simpler to let the device focus on, on those aspects, I think that it would be beneficial to the user. Because I just don't see how those kinds of interfaces, so you have the rich leather and the forestalism uh, of, of the UI, <laughs> I don't see how it can fit with. Uh, with, uh, and with an age where the information becomes more accessible because you have faster 3G uh, or 4G. I don't have it yet. And um, you have these retina screens and, and you have devices that are capable of tracking your movements and, and not just your movements, but uh, your motion. So the way that you stand, the way that you walk, the way that you run if you're in a car or walking and all those sorts of data. And I don't see how a static interface that replicates a physical object can be flexible enough to to hold all this kind of data and information. So I think that this is... a um, IS-7 is is stylish, and I agree with you. But I also think that maybe Apple is overshooting their goals today. So they're making these new uh, extremely bright colors, crazy transparencies, and all the parallax effects. So they're really going in a way over the top today but i think that similarly to to the to the history of OS10 with with the aqua interface and uh, you know you're more knowledgeable than me in in this area you're going to see that in the next few years they're going to tone down some aspects yeah. of this design and 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 make it more uh, graceful i guess in in many parts of the, of the interface but at the same time uh, today's iOS7 will prove to be a good first step because you're going to have an interface that gets out of the way better than what Forstall did could do. Yeah,
2: I think you're right. I mean, historically, Apple, it's kind of how they work in interface design. They push something to the, you know, to as far as they can and then back off of it. And we just spoke about how they did that even over the beta period of iOS 7. I think you're right, and the the part of the interface that really worries me about aging is the is the blur. And you know, Apple does it, uh, Podcast does it. I noticed today when you go to subscribe, the screen beneath it gets blurred out, and like that's okay. I, I'm not personally a huge fan of it. I think that's just my personal taste, but I think that might be the most stylish thing in seven. And I just wonder how that how that'll age. But I think if if today and the last hundred days has taught us anything. Um, is that developers will go where Apple leads, and yes, some of them will complain. And I, and I don't have an app; you don't have an app, so you know we're armchair, you know, critics. Yeah, armchair critics yeah. for this, but it. I don't. I don't worry so much about the developer community as maybe I did at WWDC. Where you know where these early betas that you and I both saw, a lot of them stripped back to just UI kit to just looking like mailer messages and they added stuff back. And I think overall where we have landed today is a very good place.
1: Yeah, and I think another good point worth making is that with this kind of design that is maybe more uh, neutral in in many parts, is the kind of design that can scale better to many kinds of screens. So can you imagine having uh, an iWatch with uh, leather on your wrist? or can you imagine having uh, brush metal on on the inner face of your car <laughs> or i can go ahead and maybe mention the the, the 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 apple television and so if jim Master is listening to us he's going to be he's going to be happy for this episode and um, i think that making the, desi- the design more uh, I-, I don't want to i don't want to say simpler but but I-, I will say more uh toned down yeah and uh, I think that it, that's a good choice if if you're planning on bringing this this platform to to more screens, and we can only assume that 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 is Apple's goal because we have all these rumors and there's gonna be a watch, there's gonna be a television, there's gonna be uh, I don't know uh, they have 64-bit processors now, so maybe there's gonna be uh, something on the Mac side uh, in the next few years, and uh, I think that the old iPhone OS wa- was amazing because it got people used to, to, this, new, uh, to this new age of, of mobile devices and it was the good choice to make and it, and it was probably one of Steve Jobs' best moves uh, to to make sure that the iPhone could be approachable and and uh, and uh, you know and fun and 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 easy to use, but that was six years ago, and and the world has changed, and and uh, our priorities have changed, and because we know that these devices can be so powerful, we can rely more on them. So um, I think that the old iPhone OS made its time. And it was an amazing choice and it was an amazing set, uh, an amazing set of, of, of decisions and, 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 and you know, UI uh, choices, but it's time to change. And I think that um, we're going to see that this design will, will prove to be successful in a strategy that sees iOS coming to more screens than just a phone and a tablet. And, uh, and And my hope is that we're not gonna have to wait a decade for that
2: no I think, because, I think things are definitely speeding up
1: yeah yeah, because uh, you, you look at the five and you see uh, and you see the fingerprint scanner and you see the motion uh, processor uh, so you have the retina screens coming to all devices soon, hopefully. And, and and you have a, you have the A7 that is crazy powerful. And, I mean, did you read the the Anandtech review? I'm
2: about uh, I'm about halfway through it. And yeah, that's
1: kind of huge. God, it's so long. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, but but they are they are the best uh, at this, and I'm glad that Apple sent a review unit to 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 the site because they're really really good. Uh, so you have all these crazy technologies that that Apple is uh, not so silently putting in in in, uh, in iOS devices and i wonder is that really the limit or are we going to see more to more platforms to more screens and not necessarily a screen because when i think about it do you think it's crazy to imagine an iwatch that doesn't have a screen but it's simply a sensor that you wear
2: i, mean, I don't know I, you know the watch the watch turns I, my I, I turns think my think brain it's, all around i don't know. i don't, think I don't that know that it's think.
1: even I don't think that it's even right to to call it a watch anymore, because we we don't we don't need a watch. Maybe the watch is fashionable, and I'm sure that I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this because I used to wear watches, and uh, but we 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 have the phones now to check the time. So uh, obviously, I don't think that we need a watch anymore. But do we need a better way to to track uh, our movements or? Uh, our health and, and our uh, personal data that, that can improve our lives? I would say, yeah, but I don't think that the watch is the focus anymore. So I think that another important point that, that I want to, to to make is that we shouldn't be looking at iOS 7 only as a design change because you have all these new APIs. Like, uh, have you seen people mentioning the, the new iBeacons? stuff
2: yeah a little bit uh it seems to be underplayed but
1: yeah i think that's gonna be huge especially in in, in museums and and uh, and you know maybe, maybe maybe even grocery stores so you have all this new bluetooth based technology that allows ios 7 devices to to connect with these uh iBeacons, which are basically uh, other devices that, that that can send data back and forth between iOS 7 and and, and, and the device. And uh, when you look at the work that Apple has been doing with Bluetooth and AirPlay and all these new radio technology and 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 the A7 M7, that there really seems to be some sort of future proofing in Apple's work lately. And uh, and I don't think that it, that it's that it's a safe uh, move to to judge iOS seven today just by the icons and and the blurs and oh my god my phone cha- my phone changed and I think that's a that's that's a short sighted approach and um and I and, and I haven't been this excited about the future as ever and uh, it's really a great it's really a great time to. Because Apple has uh, really become a, a different company than they used to be. They used to be predictable and, and oh yeah, they're going to have an iPhone 3GS and then, oh, there's an iPhone 4. Of course, it's got a, a higher resolution screen. But in the past year, they really made some interesting choices. I mean, this is the company that is promoting a Mac Pro in theaters.
2: Yeah, that's...
1: <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, so, the... yeah, I'm really excited. That, that's, my, that's my conclusion. Cool.
2: Well, and we're going to, in the, uh, the, the last segment of the show, we're, we're talking more about that, about how, you know, is Apple pushing past the phone? Is iOS 7, you know, going to extend past what we know today? Uh, but first, uh, let me take a quick break and thank our second sponsor, which, of course, is Squarespace. This episode, like all episodes of The Prompt, is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website, your own space online. During the month of September, they're giving you 20% off and a free trial if you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code Tallyho 9. Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, designs, and more and better support. They have beautiful designs. you can pick one and get started, tons of style options for you to adjust so you can really create your own unique space. Squarespace takes care of all the hosting, the SEO, the scaling, so your site automatically looks good on every device and won't go down. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you want some help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. While you're there, make sure to check out their amazing new homepage. They've got these videos that are uh, absolutely beautiful and show how Squarespace fits everyone differently. Squarespace is always updating their site with fun new branding, and you can't help but be inspired by it. As we said earlier, you can try Squarespace for free with no credit card required, but if you do decide to purchase, it starts at just $8 a month and includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. And make sure to get 20% off this month and support this show by using the offer code TALLYHO9. So go check out Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. Correspondence Report. So to wrap up the show this week, we have a, uh, a very special guest who who really... Probably doesn't need an introduction. Uh, Casey Liss is probably best known for being a co host on the Accidental Tech Podcast with Marco Armit and John Syracusa. Because it was accidental. accidental. Oh, it was accidental. accidental. Uh, he can also be found uh, in the App Store and on his blog. Casey, how are you?
1: Good. How are you guys? I'm great. Oh, I'm doing well here. Excellent.
2: So, uh, so Casey, you're now a host on Accidental Tech podcast. But before that, you, the three of you guys, had a show called Neutral, um, which you guys talked about basically car stuff. And um, so we know we were looking forward, you know, looking at our, our iOS seven coverage. And there's there's a part of coverage, a part of iOS seven, we feel has kind of been um, maybe underserved, and that's some of the stuff that Apple's doing. With iOS seven uh, in the car, and uh, we thought, "Hey, we'll get a car guy on." And you're a car guy and a tech guy, so it's you seem like the perfect uh, person to to bug about this.
0: Right, it's a match made in heaven.
2: There you go. So, uh, so what's Apple up to with
0: this? So you know, it's really hard to say, and that's all I got. No, uh, <laughs> it's really hard to say because I haven't really said a lot. And if you look at the uh, What's New in iOS page, which I'm sure you'll have in the show notes. They have a small section on iOS in the car with the sub t- subtitle, Best Passenger Ever. And it shows a few screenshots about some of the things you can do, like use Apple Maps. And this is sh- screenshots of a of an arbitrary car's navigation system. So it shows Apple Maps. It shows receiving an iMessage from somebody with a little play button next to it. So presumably Siri will read it to you. It shows uh, information about the traffic that's coming up. It shows uh, it, what it looks like when you're in a call. And so... Think of iOS 7, but simplified considerably so that it makes sense on a screen that you're quite a bit further away from than you would be, say, a phone or tablet. And additionally, it's a screen that you need to be able to glance at and glance away from very quickly, which is kind of contrary to how most of us use our iPhones and iPads. So the whole premise, I think, is let's try to get very little information information density, and let's make sure the information has a lot of room around it. So, for example, there's a lot more space between a rewind, a play, and a fast-forward button than there would be on your iPhone. So all this sounds well and good, but I think it's fundamentally flawed because it's all touch-based. So what I mean by that is, if you think of how a lot of car navigation systems, and let's take uh, one that I'm used to, which is BMW's iDrive, the way that works is there's a, like a circle that's in the center console, and you can spin the circle. You can also push it up, down, left, right. And, you, and additionally, you can push it down in the Z axis. And what that gives you is a lot of tactile feedback as to what you're doing on the screen. And this doesn't have any of that because it's almost entirely touch-based. The only things they show on this phantom car navigation system are volume up, down, a power button. And in- interestingly, they have a home icon, and then they also have the old pre-iOS or excuse me, pre-iPhone 5S. <laughs> Pre-iOS. Uh, yeah, exactly. Pre-iPhone 5S uh home button as well in certain pictures. And right. so I just think it's fundamentally flawed because I don't want to be touching something that's you know arm's length away while bouncing down the road at sixty miles an hour. That just doesn't seem safe to me.
2: Right. So so for those who who haven't seen it, this this basically is um it looks like it can maybe take over a screen that was already in a car, be built in. Somehow this information is, you know, assumingly over Bluetooth or some sort of airplay system. The iPhone is putting information on the screen. It's it's I mean it's kind of taking over weird,
0: right? Like Yeah, it is very odd. And and it would you would assume that it's not going to be the entirety of this car's navigation and car control system. So it's like you would flip into iPhone mode and then flip back out into whatever crummy car interface that the car came with. Or look at it a different way. I would assume that you don't have to have an iPhone just to use the screen on your car, so there has to be some sort of default OS. And oftentimes, those default OSs really look either extremely basic and crummy, like my cars, or they are fancy for the sake of being fancy, and that's no good either.
1: Casey, do you think that with with the, with this new car system Apple might, might try to to provide car makers some sort of uh, specifications to follow to to implement the interface. I'm, I'm thinking of the way the the they have done this with with the game controllers in, in iOS seven.
0: Yeah, you know that was one of the things I wanted to bring up. So uh, I owe you a, I owe you a dollar now. <laughs> but one of the things I've wondered is how is this going to work for third party developers? And there's two kind of segments of third party developers like you were like you were talking about Federico. It, one of them is car manufacturers so gm and bmw and audi and, and people like that and then there's just regular old third-party developers like myself and if you look at the bmw model it seems from what we can gather that only certain blessed developers can integrate with bmw's iDrive for example uh pandora i believe is a, is a, has an integration portion of the regular pandora ios app glimpse which is a uh, I like to call it an inverse stalking app. So what the, the premise of Glimpse is you, you tell Glimpse, I'd like this other person to know where I am. And unlike Find My Friends, which is like a one-shot thing, Glimpse will continually update where you are for this other person. So the, the use case being, if I'm traveling to Stephen's house, because I can do that by car, you know, maybe I'll send him a Glimpse, and then he'll be able to track me as I go down the road. So he doesn't have to call me every five minutes saying, hey, are you here yet? Well, anyway, so BMW has first-party intre- – I, 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 I don't know if I should say first-party, but it has an integration with Glimpse and with Pandora and things of that nature. So it seems to me like I would suspect that Apple will do a similar thing where they will say, here certain developers. Here's a special SDK that will only give you access to, and you can do an integration with this iOS in the car. But what would be really neat, albeit very interesting, is if they just open it up for anyone – But then again, it makes me wonder, do you really want to trust some random dude like me with doing something reasonable and safe in your car while you're driving it with your family in it? So it's probably not a bad thing that it's only blessed developers if that's how it ends up, but they really haven't said much of anything about it.
2: Have have any car manufacturers said anything? I mean, has BMW or anyone said, hey, you know, this is something we want to do? So I know they, I believe it was last year, then they first introduced Siri... Eyes free and like the screen had like Honda Acura. I think BMW was on there. Um, but I don't know, has any of this stuff trickled out of the real world that you can see?
0: Yeah. Um. So some of the manufacturers, they actually fl- flashed up a, a slide at WWDC with a list of, I don't know, 15 car manufacturers that, I think that, that we're saying they were going to support it. Everyone got a good chuckle because Ferrari was one of them. And I believe it's a queue that sits on Ferrari's board. Yeah. So it made sense that perhaps Ferrari would jump in on this. Um, interestingly, BMW, I think both officially and unofficially, certainly unofficially, has said, mm, I think we're good. And not to say that BMW is the be-all, end-all, but it's a very interesting thing because I happen to believe that BMW is very forward-looking, and tends to embrace these things early on, like for example, the the glimpse and Pandora integrations that we were just talking about. Uh, but BMW wasn't in on it, and I don't recall off the top of my head if if say Audi or Mercedes have embraced it or not.
2: Yeah, see, uh, you know, BMW had a, a press release saying that all 2014 models would be coming with the Siri Eyes Free, you know, but it doesn't really go into a lot of detail about it, and. I, I kind of wonder if this is one of, the, one of those things, you know, sometimes Apple will announce a feature or something and it kind of like, it gets a little excitement or maybe some chuckles at WWDC. And then it kind of never, kind of never goes anywhere. And, you know, I, ha- I would hate to see this become vaporware because while I agree with you that the touchscreen interface in a car isn't very good or it doesn't seem, I mean, my car doesn't have hubcaps. So I'm really not on the same level as you guys, but it seems like that would be something that would be distracting and if not dangerous and, I don't know, it, just, it, seems, it seems sort of weird to me. It's a weird thing for Apple to do.
0: Yeah, it is. It, it is very weird. But there are certainly advantages to it. I mean, I, I don't like the idea of of touch being requisite in order to interact with this, or at least that's what it seems. Uh, perhaps there will be more, like you were bringing up, Siri integrations that will that will handle some of these things. But one of the things that struck me was, if I were to go and upgrade the, upgrade the maps in my car, I need to pay BMW something to the order of three hundred dollars in order for the privilege of having modern maps in my car <laughs> you know whereas this would this is getting these maps every time it needs them it 's getting them over the air, and so they 're as good as Apple maps can be and i 'll leave it to your judgment whether that 's any good or not. But that certainly seems like a much better a much more appealing setup, and additionally, while the, the navigation system on my car is reasonably good, Apple Maps does certain things very well, like for example, pointing out roads as they're coming up instead of just pasting the name of the road on top of the road, you know it has those little signs that kind of float above the road and are always uh, they're always oriented so they're facing you, which is a lot easier to read, and so you're not trying to like make out what these things are as you're driving. And so things like that makes me makes me think. Well, you know, actually having Apple Maps integration would be really nice and always up to date, or as up to date as Apple will let them be, anyway. Right.
2: Well, you know, I think I think really what kind of what to do here is to kickstart a fund to buy Federico a BMW next year.
1: <laughs> I think that's completely fair. <laughs>
0: what do
2: you, I think? Should, you I
1: think? I should I should launch some Kickstarter campaign.
0: Yeah, to get me a new I car. Mean, are you driving a Fiat right now?
1: Actually, it's not a Fiat, it's a, a Lancia. You know, the other oh, okay. f- fancier brand. <clears throat> it's really a family car, although I don't have a, a family in the, in the sense of children or anything. My parents bought me a family car. I, I have no idea why.
2: Maybe there was like a hint, like, hey, they're ready for
1: grandkids." <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> here's a new car, do whatever you want. It's a family car. <laughs> I, I, don't have, I don't have actually any, any fancy technology in my car. I have a, I have a cable to... to to listen to my music. Um, Casey, do you think that if Apple is going gonna, is gonna to really do this and it's not vaporware, are they going to use Bluetooth or maybe AirPlay or something else for, for the connection between devices and, and the car's display? I, I'm totally not an expert here, so...
0: You know, I, I don't know how it's going to be. I know that um, in BMWs, again, it's, it's, I keep bringing them up only because it's a point of reference I'm familiar with. In BMWs, when you integrate, you need to do it via the dock connector, or, or I presume the lightning connector now. I would hope that this is done over Bluetooth. You know, I should look and see if there's a Bluetooth profile that supports these this kind of thing, something that's equivalent to, say, um, AVRCP or A2DP or something like that, where you can get a second screen via Bluetooth. I can tell you that one of my favorite things about having a more modern car, and I mean, my car isn't brand new, but it's modern, is being able to jump in the car. And if my phone already has Bluetooth on, everything gets connected. If I receive a call, it immediately goes to the car. I don't have to think about anything, it, it's all painless. And to your point, Federico, if I had to plug in my phone every time in order to get this kind of integration, that would kind of stink. Now, on the other side of the coin, though, it would also kind of stink if I expect this integration, and then I have my GPS and my phone running for an hour-and-a-half car ride, and then I get out of the car, and my battery's just completely nuked because I've had the GPS receiver yeah. on for right. the last hour and a half. And so,
2: AirPlay and Bluetooth and like exactly, all, you know, exactly. all the radios are on.
0: <laughs> exactly right.
2: You know, it's interesting. You look at... Um like the Tesla Model S, you know, and that thing's got what it's a, it's like a 15 or 17 inch touchscreen. The whole dash is a touchscreen. Basically all the controls are integrated and mm-hmm. there's, there've been some complaints from reviewers and, you know, just bystanders like me of like, like in my car, like I can reach over and adjust the temperature because I know what the knob feels like, you know, and I can keep my eyes on the road. And even if I glance over, it's easy to tell where things are. And I just don't know if, if touch can, can ever take the place of that. I mean, maybe it will. But I just I don't know. I, I, it's a very interesting thing to me to to see car technology trying to push forward because really it you know for most of us you know dry, you know m- most of what's available in the market is basically the same technology that's been there for a long time in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, and I couldn't agree more that touch just seems like a very dubious choice in a car and i can't i keep meaning to look up the the physics term for it but it it, you know if you have if you're holding something close to your body and you're in the car and it bounces you know that your arm will only bounce you know an inch or two say you go through the same bump with your hand fully extended from your body that same bounce will be several inches and so having to point at something that's presumably three feet away and be accurate, it just doesn't strike me as a good plan. And so I look at these screenshots on this uh, What's New in iOS page, and on the one side, I'm really excited because it looks really modern. It looks really nice. It looks very simple in the good way. But on the other side, I just don't want to control it with touch. I couldn't agree with you more. I want to have some sort of tactile feedback where, and and again, with the BMW and other other car makers do the same thing, there's some sort of knob or input interface that's always in the same spot and so you never have to go searching for it. And yes, you might have to spin it left and spin it right and push it up and push it down to get to what you want. But at least in terms of finding the thing to interact with, it's always right where you expect it. And with touch, that's, that's almost never the case. And that's very challenging. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. I'm very excited about. It. I mean, it's certainly having Apple in the car is kind of like having Apple build, say, I don't know, a TV. You know, it sounds it sounds really exciting and it sounds like they could do something interesting. But so far I'm not I'm not overwhelmed with what they've shown us.
2: So are you the Gene Munster of the car world?
0: Yeah. Is that, is that the takeaway? <laughs> that's the takeaway. That's, that's the takeaway. If I ever if I ever meet Tim, I'm just going to demand when the Apple car arrives. Yeah. Would that be would that be the Apple core? Mm. anyway so on that note i think we're gonna let you go all right
2: cool well uh, casey real quick tell people uh, where they can find you on the on the internet
0: sure so if you wanted to find me on the internet uh my twitter handle is casey liss c-a-s-e-y-l-i-s-s my podcast with friends is atp uh, which is the accidental tech podcast which you can find at atp.fm and every great once in a while, I'll write on my blog, which is tumblr.cacelist.com. T-U-M-B-L-R.
2: Great. Casey, thank you so much.
0: Hey, thank you very much, guys. You and bet. Uh, hopefully, I'll talk to you soon.
2: Cool. Well, Federico, I think that, uh, I think that wraps up this micless episode
1: of the yeah. prompt. We miss you, Mike. We do.
2: He is, uh, he'll be back next week. Uh, until then, you can find Federico and I on the internet. Uh, Federico writes, the wonderful, wonderful website, macstories.net. It really should be iOS Stories. Have you ever thought about that?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Mac is kind of nostalgic and romantic in a way, so I think I'm going to keep yeah.
2: it. Yeah. So, federicostories.net. And... <laughs> Wait. <laughs> um, you can find me at 512pixels.net, and uh, we'll be back next week. arrivederci Adios.